It is my privilege to be here today and I want to thank the congregation for the opportunity. As I was talking with Roger before he left, we were sharing some things about Branson after his seminar and I know that he and Sue are enjoying some great time together. There are three dates I want you to remember that are coming up very quickly. One of them is May 4th. It's the National Day of Prayer and on that evening, there's a mayor's prayer supper that the ministerial is sponsoring. It will be held in your fellowship hall. And uh, I know that by next Sunday, we need to know how many of you would like to come. They're going to be preparing for 200 or some people and I encourage you to be there on May 4th. May 13th is a national poster work, postal workers drive. Normally at the food pantry, I'll get about 6,000 pounds of food in that day. And it takes a lot of people to be able to date check all of those cans and all of the food to weigh it and to put it away. So if you would like to help any time during that day, we welcome you to come from about 9 until 5 o'clock that evening. And then on May 20th is the Morissette Center's Walkathon. And this is the greatest fundraiser, one of the greatest fundraisers that we have as a Morissette Center. And I encourage you to... Uh, partake in that as well. I know that your church has traditionally won the uh, big colt shoe, I think it is. Our church managed to get it a couple times, but I'm not as rich as I was then since I'm retired. <laughs> I used to challenge my congregation if they would raise a thousand dollars, I'd give a thousand dollars and we were able to uh, steal a shoe away from you a couple of times, but I encourage you to do all you can and become part of that. I'd like to speak today upon the fact that he broke the chains. And from Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 15. I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. I know perfectly well that what I am doing is wrong, and my bad conscience shows that I agree that the law is good. But I can't help myself, because it's sin inside of me that makes me do these things. I know I'm rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to. But I can't. When I want to do good, I don't. When I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. But if I'm doing what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. The sin within me is doing it. It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart. But there's another law at work within me that is a war with my mind. This law wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. Because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. 
I'd like you to imagine yourself this morning. Beautiful beach, beautiful sunny day, possibly on the recent spring break that some of you were able to go on. The water looks so inviting. The waves are just perfect to go swimming. You dive in. The water is so refreshing. Until you notice a sign at the end of one of the docks that warns, no swimming, sharks. Your day is ruined. Is it the sign's fault? Are you angry with the people who put it up? The law in Romans 7 is about like that sign. The sign is essential. You're grateful that it's there, but it doesn't get rid of the sharks. It only warns us of the danger. The law in the Romans 7 passage that I just read is also essential to warn us of sin. But it doesn't get rid of the sin. Where there is no law, there is no sin. Because people cannot know that their actions are sinful unless there's a law that forbids those actions. God's law makes us realize that we are all sinners, doomed to die. Yet it offers no hope. The law was holy, expressing God's nature and his will for the people. Paul shares with us three lessons he learned in trying to deal with his old sinful desires. The first thing he said is, knowledge is not the answer. Paul felt fine as long as he didn't realize he was sinning. But once he realized he was sinning, he knew he was doomed. Secondly, self-determination. Struggling in our own strength doesn't succeed. Paul found himself sinning in ways that weren't even attractive to him. And third, becoming a Christian does not stamp out all sin and temptation from a person's life. Wouldn't it be great if once we became a Christian and accepted Christ as our Savior, we'd never be tempted to sin again? But that's not real. Have you ever felt that every time you take two steps forward spiritually, that you fall back three steps in the next action? You determine that you're going to change. You're doing, you stop doing harmful and hurtful things to yourself and also to others. But you can't stop. The Apostle Paul is an excellent example of this kind of behavior. Did you notice how he began this passage? I don't understand myself at all. For I want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to do, what I hate. How often have you felt the same way as Paul did? You want to do good. You really do. But you just can't do it. You find yourself doing exactly the things you don't want to do. But think about it for a moment. You've committed your life to Christ. You promised that you would love him and serve him. Things couldn't be better. You're growing in your Christian life. You're reading your Bible. You're attending services. Your friends are even asking about the changes that they see evident in your life. And all of a sudden, 
an old habit or sin rears its ugly head, and you ask yourself, where did that come from? <coughs> Excuse me, I thought I had put that sin to death. How did it surface again? Will I ever get victory over the old habits? Paul gives us some insight into this condition and the reason for it in our lives. He said, now if I'm doing what I don't want to do, it's plain where the trouble is. Sin still has me in its evil grasp. Seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned, but there is something else deep within me. In my lower nature, that's at war with my mind and wins the fight, which makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Paul realized his own strength was unable to defeat the old nature that resided within him. The old nature had a bent to sin. He recognized he was in a terrible predicament. Since he couldn't gain victory over that old sin nature, who could free him? In the 25th verse, he says, Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. One of the songs that I asked your praise team to sing this morning was Amazing Grace. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. You know, like the Apostle Paul, we need to be set free from the chains of sin and the old nature that binds us. We need to have it broken by the grace of God. While traveling with the Ransom Sound for nine years prior to coming to Indiana, one of the most requested songs that we sang was a country gospel song written by Albert Brumley in 1939. The song was, He Set Me Free. And if it was 20 years ago, I could sing it for you, but I can't anymore. But the song said, once like a bird in prison I dwelt, no freedom from my sorrow I felt, but Jesus came and listened to me, and glory to God, he set me free. Now I'm climbing higher each day, darkness of night is drifted away, my feet are planted on higher ground, and glory to God, I'm homeward bound. Goodbye to sin and things that confound. None of this world will turn me around. Daily I'm working. I'm praying too. And glory to God, I'm going through. He set me free. Yes, he set me free and he broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus I'll see. For glory to God, he set me free. Satan, the enemy of our souls, is doing everything he can to upset us in our spiritual lives and will deceive us into thinking that there's no way out of this vicious cycle of sin that has us bound. We think we break free, 
We have victory and then wham, it hits us in the face again. What has you bound this morning? What makes you feel defeated? Where do you find yourself constantly slipping back into the same old sin and lifestyle? Do you want to be free? I was listening to a CD the other day by the Gaither Vocal Band. One of the songs is entitled, Do You Want to Be Free? Well, of course I want to be free. What a dumb question. But freedom is ours if we only allow Jesus to do the radical cleansing that is necessary to gain freedom. While serving as minister of music at Anoka Wesleyan Church in Anoka, Minnesota 50 years ago, I learned an old hymn that made the statement, Glorious Freedom. It was written 100 years ago in 1917 Glorious freedom, wonderful freedom, no more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus, the glorious emancipator, now and forever, he shall be mine. Once I was bound by sin's galling fetters, chained like a slave, I struggled in vain. But I received a glorious freedom when Jesus broke my fetters in twain. Freedom from all the carnal affections. Freedom from envy, hatred, and strife. Freedom from vain and worldly ambitions. Freedom from all that saddened my life. Freedom from pride and all sinful follies. Freedom from love and glitter of gold. Freedom from evil temper and anger. Glorious freedom, rapture untold. Freedom from fear with all of its torments. Freedom from care with all of its pain. Freedom in Christ, my blessed Redeemer. He who has rent my fetters in twain. Glorious freedom. Wonderful freedom. No more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus, the glorious emancipator. Now and forever, he shall be mine. They don't write songs like that anymore. They write some beautiful praise choruses, but they don't write too many hymns. Hymns have at least five verses or more, it seems like. But they all tell the truth. Do you remember the Emancipation Proclamation that came out of the Civil War when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves? Jesus Christ is our great emancipator. And he breaks the fetters and the chains of sin and the old sin nature as we come to him in prayer and earnestly seek freedom from that old nature. But as you bound this morning, do you really want to be free? And a lot of people don't. They enjoy the security of their addictions or their depression. They feel they can escape reality through it. And yet Jesus offers us absolute freedom. Can you trust Jesus to do exactly what he said he would do? This inward struggle with sin was as real for Paul as it is for us. From Paul's writings, we learn what to do about it. Whenever Paul felt that he was lost, 
he would return to the beginning of his spiritual life, remembering that he had already been freed by Jesus Christ. When we feel confused, overwhelmed by sin's appeal, we need to follow Paul's example. Thank God that he has given you freedom through Jesus Christ. Let the reality of Christ's power lift you up to real victory over sin. Now we've all heard the phrases, ah, the devil made me do it. I think that came from Flip Wilson. I didn't do it, the sin within me did it. They may sound like good excuses for sin, but we're responsible for our actions. We must never use the power of sin or Satan as an excuse because they are defeated enemies. It's true, without Christ's help, sin is stronger than we are. And sometimes we're unable to defend ourselves against the attack. That's why we should never stand up to sin alone but ask Christ to help us. Because Jesus Christ, who has conquered sin once and for all, promises to fight with us for our, by our side. If we look to him for help, we won't have to give in to sin. We often felt like some little thing completely controlled us and ruined our testimony and our lives. Jesus wants to set us free this morning. Are you bound by depression today? A lot of people are. Freedom awaits as you read out to Jesus. Are you bound by anger? You can be free. You're bound by fear of failure. The great emancipator wants to set you free. I remember my mother saying for many, many years, son, if I miss heaven, it'll be because of bitterness. Bitterness had bound her until about three years before she died when she was able to release it completely to Jesus. Whatever has you in chains today, Jesus wants to break those chains and set you absolutely free. Will you let him? Father, thank you for the fact that you are true to your promises. You were true to your word. You promised to be with us always, to give us victory. Thank you, Father, for Paul's challenge to us. And thank God that we can be absolutely free from that old nature that wants to drag us into sin all of the time by merely asking you to cleanse us, to take it away. And fill us with your presence. Continue to bless, Father, as we commit this service to you in Christ's name. Amen.
Sounds 